Hello, thank you so much for tuning in again to Alpaca My Bags. If you like what you're hearing, uh, do us a good one and, and leave us a review. Um, also remember to subscribe. All right, enjoy the show. Are you catching this? Welcome, you're listening to Alpaca My Bags. I'm your host, Erin. Today on the pod, we are chatting with Laurel. Is that how I say your name? Laurel. Laurel, sorry. Okay. <laughs> Laurel is an aesthetic instructor at George Brown College here in Toronto. Um, she's also a yoga instructor. So she tells me that she loves her job, but her real passion is definitely traveling to new places. I can totally relate to that. And if you could make your full-time gig traveling, you would? Oh, 100%. Who wouldn't? Um, today we are going to chat about solo travel, and specifically women solo traveling. So in recent articles, I've seen statistics floating around that suggest that women today are traveling solo way more than men. We have touched on the subject a little bit in previous episodes, but in this, in this app, we really want to focus specifically on this. What's on your mind recently? <laughs> There's a way... Always lots of things on my mind, as you know. Um, so last Friday night, my partner and I had some beers, you know, like casual Friday night. And then I casually told him, oh, like today when I was at work, I was bored. I found these like super cheap return flights direct to go south. I'm not going to say where because we're teasing this. But I'll tell you that it, it's in Central America. So I told him at work that day I had like really pondered buying these flights because they were that cheap. They're full disclosure, they were $330 Canadian, which is like really good for a direct flight. But I didn't do it because I was like, oh, we're swearing off travel for a little bit, like we're trying to save money. So I'm not gonna do this right now. But then like we were a few beers in and he was like, Well, we should do it. <laughs> and I was like, Are you serious? Like you want to book this flight right now at like one in the morning on Friday? And he was like, yeah, do it. And I was literally like, you have to give me your consent for this because I need you to remember that you consented to this tomorrow morning. Um, and he was like, yeah, I consent. And then I booked the flights. And the next morning, luckily, he remembered. Um, but yeah, so we're going to Central America. Um, I'll give you guys a little clue. The flights were cheap, so obviously it's not too far, but it's not Canada and it's not America and it's a direct flight. So that's it. <laughs> that's all I'm telling you, yeah. That narrows it down. Like how many countries are in Central America? Six? Honduras, uh, Guatemala, Costa Rica, Nicaragua. I'm seeing if I can name them all. Mexico. I wouldn't be able to Belize. You. <laughs> Do you know any others? Belize? Um, did I say Honduras? Did you say Panama? Panama. Panama. Seven. <laughs> Anyways, I'm going to win those So it's definitely countries. not Panama. No, it's not Panama because <laughs> I forgot it. That's such a good clue. It's like right at the beginning. <laughs> Anyways, if you want to guess where we're going to be going on these like super cheap flights, um, you can comment on Facebook or on Instagram or whatever. You know how to reach us. All right, so I think we should probably share with people how we first met. Mm -hmm. um, Laurel and I met in Australia, actually. Mm -hmm. um, we met in a bar, and it was because you were living in Australia. Yeah. How long had you been there for? I think I'd been there six months or just over six months. Yeah. I think something like that it was definitely coming... You've been there the a while. I've been there a while. Yeah. Yeah. And I had just landed in Australia and was staying with my friend 
uh, Andrew Menard. <laughs> and I get there and he picks me up from the airport. And like, it was literally one of the first things he said to me. He was like, don't worry. Like, I found some Canadians for you to hang out with. <laughs> Seriously? Yeah, he actually said oh, that. I didn't and know that. And he made a point of like trying to find ways to make me hang out with other Canadians. That's so funny. And I was like, Menard, like, I didn't come all the way to Australia Just to, to like, meet other Canadians. But I met you, which is pretty awesome. Yeah, it so. was awesome. It was definitely awesome. I remember, like, I do remember meeting you. And I remember thinking, I was like, wow, this chick is cool. <laughs> <laughs> and, and at that time, I don't think I had many friends in Australia. Aww. So I was just happy to meet somebody <laughs> new. Well, I'm glad Menard brought us together. Thank you, Menard. If you're listening, you created this magic. Um, all right. So icebreaker question. Most memorable trip you've ever been on? Um, so I'd have to say my most memorable trip was probably Bali. I spent six weeks there. So I was living in Australia at the time and going from Australia to Bali is like crazy cheap. It was like $200, I think Mm -hmm. my flight. And I was like putting off going home as long as possible. So I decided (laughs) to go to Bali with one of my girlfriends from Australia and she had never been. So we spent uh, two weeks together, like traveling around and she actually just sent me something today on Instagram, which was funny, to describe Nusa Panita. And I told her that when we were in Nusa Panita that she tried to kill me because she kept <laughs> taking me on these crazy adventures. And every yeah. time I was like, I'm going to die. I was like, this is where I die. But every time on the other end, it would be like some beautiful, magical place. Yeah. And I was like, this is totally worth it. That was amazing. So it was so good. And then I had a week on my own there. And then I spent three weeks doing my yoga teacher training. It was it was amazing. I did awesome. not want to leave when I went there. Yeah, it was awesome. All right, so now to get into the into the stuffs, uh, I'm going to kick this discussion off by asking you, when was the first time that you solo traveled, and why did you solo travel? Like, what compelled it, and where did you go? So my first time traveling alone, I was 22, and I decided to go to Australia. It wasn't really, like, I didn't really set out to be like, oh, I'm going to travel alone. I just wanted to go. And I couldn't find anyone to go with. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to go by myself. It's going to be awesome. I did do a tour. um, And I wasn't scared at all, like, leading up to it. It was really strange. And then I, yeah, I got to the airport. I was fine. Said goodbye to my family. I was fine. On the plane, I was fine. I even, like, I got to, like, it was, like, (laughs) all fine. That's a long flight, too. Yeah, and I was like, I'm good. I was like, I'm good. I'm good. And then got a bus, like, in Australia to my hotel. And I was taking in the sights, enjoying it, and got finally got to my hotel, talked to my mom, was like, yeah, I'm here. Then I get into my hotel room, and I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> I was like, I'm on the other side of the world, and I'm completely alone. And then I started crying. <laughs> and then, so I called my mom, and it must have been, like, three in the morning there, bawling, being like, why did I do this? I don't know why I did this by myself. And then got off the phone with her, and 10 minutes later, I met friends. And it was fine. So it was, yeah, it was unplanned, but it was awesome. I was, like, exhilarating traveling alone. Totally. And I can, like, totally relate to that, because I think that the way I ended up solo traveling was really similar, in that I was trying, I wanted to travel, and I tried so hard to get, like, friends to do it with me, and they would always back out. Yeah, exactly. Like, no one was serious, and so eventually you're just like, well, I'm just doing it alone then. Yeah, I was like, there's no, I'm not letting this stop me. I was like, I have to go. Like, I want to go, so I'm 
booking so I'm it. Doing it. And it's yeah. easy to book it. Yeah. It's like after, like, you're like, oh, yeah. Right. I have to follow through with this. I know. But it's weird because, like you, when I first started doing it, I never thought to myself, oh, I'm solo traveling. It was just like, yeah. oh, I'm traveling. I know, exactly. And then, like, you don't realize you're alone until no, you're actually alone. Until you're actually alone. alone. And then you're like, oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So I know that when I began solo traveling, uh, people like friends, family would caution me when I told them about the trip. Um, I distinctly remember telling my colleague a couple years ago that I was headed to Costa Rica where I was going to backpack alone for like three weeks. Mm -hmm. Um, And she was like, be careful, you're going to be kidnapped. And she said it with like such seriousness. And I remember like it was like when the the anxiety started, like she planted the first seed of anxiety. Mm -hmm. And then I remember, like, having dinner with my family and my parents being, like, be very careful. Like, don't go out alone, like, at night. And I was, like, and I remember the whole trip afterwards, I was terrified of nighttime. Yeah. And it was just because it was all this, like, anxiety that was built up in me that didn't exist and was literally planted by other people. For sure. And I felt that it did me a disservice because it kind of tainted, like my excitement for the trip. Mm -hmm. I know that leading up to it, I had like such a growing sense of doom, which in retrospect wasn't like valid. Yes. It wasn't nearly the scary place that like people told me it was going to be. And I also felt like no one trusted me to treat my own life with care. Like people questioned my judgment. People like whenever people made comments, it felt like they were insinuating that I was not smart for choosing to do this alone mm-hmm. and that like I didn't understand the situation I was putting myself in yeah um and I remember feeling like deeply hurt and deeply bothered by this and like you at the same time you know that the caution that you get from like friends and family comes from a place of caring but it still it still kind of hurts for sure and I struggle with this a lot of the time um like can you relate to that feeling oh definitely I've had uh, my so many experiences with that I mean even going to Australia Australia is not a scary country no and my mom like put it in my head that she was like what are you doing like why are you doing this and I was like I need your approval before I can feel okay about this and then when I went to other places like Southeast Asia on my own I had the same thing where people were like why are you doing this like why can't you just find someone to go with yeah and so it, it, you do build up this whole thing in your head that's not there and I've had yeah. instances where I arrive in countries and I'm panicking because I'm listening to all the people that have said things to me totally to counter that have you found it empowering to travel solo oh definitely I've definitely found it empowering um I never realized that I could do it like I like I told you previously it wasn't something that I set out to do, but as a kid, I was so shy. I didn't really socialize a lot. I hated sleepovers. I was attached to my mom. Like, I used to mm-hmm. cry every day in kindergarten. Mm-hmm. So when I decided to start traveling alone, my mom was like, you weren't supposed to do this to me. Yeah. She was like, you weren't the child that was supposed to leave me. <laughs> and then I was like, yeah, but I have to do it. And I found that it really made me the person I am today. Yeah. I, I mean, when you go alone, you don't have to worry about anybody. Mm-hmm. You get to do your own thing. You find your own way. Like, I'm directionally challenged, and I found my way. Yeah. You get lost, but you, you find it eventually. Yeah. So I love it. It's amazing. I really think that it's character building and, like, confidence building. Definitely. Because like you, I was always, like, quite an introvert, and I feel like traveling, being forced to socialize because like there's no one to talk to Mm -hmm. like I remember there being days I'd be in my hostel bed and be like 
I need to go out into the common room and make a friend. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I'm going to go crazy. Yeah, like, exactly. I haven't talked to another human being yeah. in a week. And you, I find when you haven't talked to someone, it comes so much easier because you're like, I just want human interaction. <laughs> yeah. You're like, I just need someone to talk yeah. to me. Yeah. And it's amazing. So many people travel alone. It's so easy to make friends. Yeah. Yeah. And I actually argue that like the confidence that I built while traveling and also like my sociability has benefited me in like other areas of life. Like I noticed I'm much better at interviews mm-hmm. and I think it's because I'm used to talking to people I don't know now. For sure. I'm and that's, a, that's totally a skill that like I didn't learn in school. No, sure. you learn so much traveling, like so much about different cultures. And you, I, one of the things I was telling a client recently was I was like, everyone's the same. Like you go to all these different countries and you realize we're all the same. Yeah. And it's so refreshing. Yeah. And it's like, why is there so much like conflict in the world? When I know. Just like, let's just re- re- reunite. <laughs> like, yeah, absolutely. And like that's the thing you'll always find something in common with someone Mm -hmm. especially if you're forced to exactly I have found myself okay like not to get too political but I have found myself having like a nice conversation with like an American who supports Trump before never thought I would say that but like yeah no I, I it happens it's true it happens when you're traveling yeah it's so true so I've actually written about like how I found travel empowering on my website. And so I wanted to bring up like some points that I wrote about because I think like I've thought these out a lot and Mm -hmm. I think that they really ring true. You said this already, like you get to do you and you're in complete control of your trip. So like where you stay, what you do, how you budget, what you eat, it's all you. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's like so freeing because I've found like in, in trips following that like when you travel with other people it's a constant balancing act definitely yeah I actually find that when I travel with other people now I'm like oh I just wish I was alone but then like at the same time like I love traveling with people but you do you have this such a different kind of freedom when you're alone Mm -hmm. you really don't have to worry about anyone else and you don't have to worry about your mood either yeah like you don't have to make sure you're always being nice yeah you know what I mean because if you're not in the mood you can just go off on your own yes (laughs) yes um so I also like I talked about this already a little bit but it it forces you to build confidence um but also independence and it teaches you what you're capable of Mm -hmm. because you're put in situations that you definitely wouldn't be faced with in your like day-to-day life at home Mm -hmm. um I've encountered like major crises while traveling and they're just situations that would never happen at home or if they did happen at home I would have family or friends or my partner around to support me exactly it's so true I also think it's amazing to travel solo because you're forced to spend time with yourself, which is something you don't do at home. No, you don't. I just think back to like when I was traveling Europe alone and I would sit on a train for like 14 hours. Mm -hmm. This was like pre-cell phones. I didn't have any form of media. I would just sit there and like think about things. And people don't do that anymore. No, they don't. They really don't. And so I was... I found that, like, spending that time with yourself, you really do learn things about yourself that you wouldn't otherwise be forced to Mm -hmm. learn. For sure. Yeah. I remember there were moments, like, going into, like, very scary thought places. But you're like, I can't not. Like, it's the only thing I have to do right now. Yeah, Yeah, it's so true. Yeah, I I realize that I'm really calm in bad situations, with which I would have never predicted. (laughs) 
like my friends are like why aren't you crying and I was like it's fine it's okay like what am I gonna do like yeah. it's fine yeah. I've had like a series of things happen when I was in Bali yeah. and like like I said it's like one of my favorite trips but I had a lot of stuff go wrong oh yeah like I had my passport get water damage oh no so I, ha- I hit like a I was we were staying on a cliff like like seriously like a cliff so to get <laughs> off you had to like go down the beach and I guess it was a really high tide when we were trying to get down yeah and this wave and I'm not joking like I call it the rogue wave that came out of nowhere and everyone's like Laurel and I'm like it came out of nowhere <laughs> so I was like walking my friend took a step high and then all of a sudden this wave went over my head <gasps> and I had my phone in my hand no and my friend turns around I'm drenched she's completely dry and she almost she said she almost laughed until she saw my face <laughs> and then I was like my phone like that was my first thought and I had my passport in my bag <laughs> So my, my phone was dead, completely dead. And then I checked my passport and only my picture's damaged. Only my picture. No other part of my passport, just my picture. And then the next day, I got locked out of my bank account. And I was like, oh. what is happening? <laughs> yeah. I yeah. can't top that. That's like yeah. a really bad and, series. And, and literally my friend was like, you're you're scary calm. She's like, I'm like waiting for you to explode. I'm like, no. Like I'm like, what am I gonna do? Literally nothing you can yeah, do. I'm like, it'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> and I had to get the best part was I had to get a visa in Bali because I had to extend my stay yeah. with my water damage passport. So I was like, fr- I was meant like inside. I was freaking out. Yeah. I was like, it'll work out. Yeah. It has to work out. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's the worst that would happen? You'd be stuck in exactly, Bali for the rest exactly. Of your life. <laughs> so I was like, whatever, it's fine. I'm not on the time constriction, so it's fine. <laughs> Yes, that's amazing. So solo travel has definitely become more of a thing for women. Um, So I'm going to bust out some stats now. Uh, According to a 2014 booking.com survey, I'm going to just preface this and say, like, I don't know how reliable this data is. (laughs) It's booking.com, but... (laughs) We'll see. They say that 72% of American women like to travel solo. Um, a research company in the UK called Hitwise found that 55% of solo travel searches are made by women. Um, a woman named Aditi Shikant wrote a Vox article that was published this past January. Um, and she wrote that this phenomenon of, uh, <laughs> phenomenon of solo women travelers could be attributed to women of recent generations who have like more means and fewer obligations than women of past generations, which is like a totally valid conclusion to make. Mm-hmm. Um, we have children later. We have full time jobs. Um, people get married later. There's lots of reasons that can make travel possible mm-hmm. um logistically travel today is way more doable and she also notes that today travel is often portrayed as a type of self-care or opportunity for self-reflection and these are things that women allegedly are willing to invest money in she writes that statistically women today especially women from cities in north america have traded in marriage and kids for careers Um, They have more money and more flexibility, and like millennials at large, are searching for fulfilling experiences. 
Um, so yeah, this makes total sense to me, especially in the context of the recent millennial obsession with like self-actualization and self-care. Mm-hmm. I notice this on Instagram oh, yeah. all huge. the time. <laughs> so big. <laughs> like people frame their trips as self-care, like whether their trip is a yoga retreat or backpacking mm-hmm. in Central America. I find this really interesting too, because I don't remember it being like that when I started backpacking mm-hmm. when I was like 19, which is... 2009 yeah pre like social media boom yeah social media is definitely taking over the travel world i think yeah so like what's your experience on yoga retreats been in this department i find that you get a lot of solo women coming to yoga retreats i think it's just um it's easier like you feel more comfortable around it because you know that it's mostly it's mostly women generally Mm -hmm. you do get the odd like um guy but it's usually with their girlfriend or there's not usually a solo guy like generally and I think it's empowering like you have women that are all kind of like-minded like they're going there all for the same reason just kind of like I don't know self-reflection and they want to do a daily yoga practice and they're all so supportive of each other like it's it's very interesting like it's all different kinds of women people that you wouldn't normally hang out with like when you first meet people sometimes you're kind of like i don't know about you (laughs) but by the end you're always like this you're amazing yeah Yeah. you're super cool and like if you met them on the street you're like i would never hang out with them yeah and even despite all the differences they're just supporting each other like it's amazing so i think it i think that's why a lot of women get attracted to yoga retreats yeah, and it is it is a vacation more than it is, like, intrepid traveling. Exactly. Like, you're going there to relax and, mm-hmm. like, work on yourself. Yeah, there's usually, like, spa treatments that you can do and stuff like that. Um, as well as, uh, I don't know, they usually have, like, fun little activities you can do and, like, workshops and stuff, so. Yeah, so it's not, like, yoga 24-7. No, usually there's free time and... Uh, they usually I think most of them from my experience have done like they'll do like a really early yoga practice Mm -hmm. and then they'll have one in the evening that's more of like a restorative kind of deal so it's kind of nice Mm -hmm. and uh yeah it's amazing and then you have like some free time during the day usually do you ever encounter people on them that aren't there for like the self-actualization or self-care aspect are there people that are just like I just love yoga yeah, definitely. Yeah. You definitely get those people like that. They're just like, oh, I just want to do yoga all the time. Yeah. And you get the, you do get the hardcore like workout people, which I find really interesting. Huh. It's usually like always one. <laughs> and you're like, that are like working out 24 7. Yeah. Like going for a jog yoga retreat morning. where one of the girls was like, let's do a hit workout. And I was like, um, mm. and she was like, come on. And I was like, okay. I was like dying. <laughs> I was like, why am I doing this? I was like, this is not why I'm here. But yeah, it was an experience. That's amazing. Yeah. All right, so we're going to wrap up part one of this episode. Um, In the next part, we're going to talk a little bit about safety while traveling as a solo woman. We're also going to share a little story about traveling to Morocco. And I'm going to go on a little bit of a rant about something related to Saudi Arabia. So listen in. We'll catch you on the flip side.